And as they do, I invite you all to stand as you are able. We stand to honor God. I'm so thankful I work out because those boys, they may seem uh, light. No way, they're compact. And that's why I do what I do there. But we have been, if you've been connected with Living Waters at all, you know we preach in preaching series. We look at themes and try to pull out what God's promises through those. Um, for the last few weeks, we have been looking at, it's, it's one of the small books in the New Testament, um, the book of James. Now James, if you don't know, he was the brother of Jesus. And he was changed, he was transformed when, when after Jesus died on the cross and came back, James became one of the biggest leaders of the early church. And this letter is practical faith advice. It's helping people when they're having struggles, when they're facing storms in their life. And he talks about what faith needs to have a pulse, to be alive. And if, uh, if you're struggling at all today, you need to hear this. If you're wondering, like, which end is up, you need to hear his advice here on, on faith. Now, it's in, in James chapter 2, starting with verse 14. He writes this. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I, by my works, will show you my faith. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you senseless person, that faith apart from works is barren? Was not our ancestor Abraham justified by works when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was brought to completion by the works. Thus the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and was reckoned to him as righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Likewise, was not Rahab, the prostitute, also justified by works? when she welcomed the messengers and sent them out by another road safely. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is also dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So almost 10 years ago, I got such a gift of an experience. You see, I was in a church in Painesville, Minnesota, and there were a bunch of guys that said, you know what, Pastor Dan, we know you've gone to the Boundary Waters with students, but we would like to do that, just, just a bunch of dudes. And I said, sign me up, let's go, let's do this. And we grunted a little bit and chest bumped, and, and that was awesome. And we found ourselves uh, going to the Boundary Waters, and the real gift of that was that my dad was able to come with me. And there is something about that. You know this between moms and their daughters and dads and their sons. 
and to be out there. If you've never been to the Boundary Waters, it is incredible. Some of the most beautiful, protected, um, you know, waterways between the boundaries of Canada and upper Minnesota and other areas. It's incredible. We saw things like bear kind of far away. That was nice. And, and moose and bald eagles. And we had fishing. The fishing was absolutely incredible. It was an amazing, amazing time. But see, we, uh, when we came there, um, we were actually, our entry point was in the biggest waterway of the entire Boundary Waters. It's Lake Saganaga. Now, it's 300 feet deep. I'll show you like a map of that. Yep, I'll, I'll show you. Hey, it magically came up. That's cool. You can't really see. It's really bright, but the, all that blue, that's Saganaga. It is huge. It's really deep. And even in the summer, it's always kind of cold because it never quite warms up and, it, and it's so far north. Well, we came in and there was a bunch of different guys in different canoes. My dad and I were paired up. And let's just say my dad and I are not really strong canoers. And so even coming out into this huge lake, it was kind of scary. The water was pretty calm, but it was still, it, it, it made us a little nervous. But they have these certain campsites that you, you can only camp at. So you have to find different ones on the map. And so we went through Lake Saganaga. We, we um, set up our camp, and for a few days we were just fishing and just loving what God had, uh, had in store for us there. And a few days into it, we knew there are different places that you can travel to, and there's some really amazing natural sites. For example, there are some cave paintings that they have um, that you can see on a bluff. They are ancient, and they're just beautiful. It's kind of wild to be able to see. And there are these natural waterfalls. So we heard of one. It's, it's more like a chute. I'll show you the... It's just like that. And you can actually... It's a little rough there, but when we were there, it was, it was kind of low. And you could actually slide down it like a water slide. So we heard about this, and we said, well, let's, let's travel. It's a, a couple hours canoeing away, so let's go see it. And so that's what we did. It was a beautiful morning, uh, kind of like this, and we, and we went, and we packed our lunches. We got to the waterfall. There were all kinds of other people there, and it was an amazing time. But as we were eating our lunch, we started to see something on the horizon, and it, it was looking not that great. We saw storm clouds. And we thought, uh, let's, this is a couple hour paddling, so let's start going. The wind was starting to pick up. So did you know there, it's so remote, your phones don't work? They're like glorified paperweights. It didn't tell us the forecast. We didn't know. And we didn't know that this was just the start of something much more severe than we would have thought. And have you ever had that? Your life is just cruising along. Life is good. It's sunny. It's beautiful. And then a storm hits. That's what happened to us. And unfortunately, as we were paddling through Lake Saganaga, I'm thinking we're in metal canoes with metal oars with lightning around us. That's just not a good combo. And in that time, I'm starting to think, it's time to pray. And that's what I was doing. But the wind started to pick up, and all at once, the waves, because the, the lake is so big, they started to pick up too. So they started to get about knee high. And when you're not a strong canoeer, it gets you a, a little bit nervous. And we both are we're just not that great, and we were, we were paddling, and as the wind started to pick up even more, and the rain started to go horizontally, now it got really insanely scary. And the waves, they, they became swells. Now, swells are anything but swell. 
we're talking about this high. And, and, and when the waves would come up, because of the wind so high, you, you couldn't see the people in front of you because they were hidden by the waves. And so you're rocking, and you, we're, there were so many times we thought we'd go under. And then there's these little, there's little islands all around, these little bluffs. And there, some of them are like this. Some of them are even smaller where it's just a few trees um, and, and rocks. And we would, we would get to them, and then we would check the map to see how far we have to go yet. So we'd get to that and just kind of rest and kind of just re- reset because it, it was getting insanely scary. And it was me and my dad in one canoe and then the Young's brothers. They were, two, they were uh, Ben and Adam and they were teenagers, still in high school. And they were such a gift for us. But they were in one canoe, we were in the other. And we got to the last little outcropping. It was just a little rock with a few trees. And we knew we had one big last break to get home, to get to safety. And the Young's brother's like, you ready? You ready? We got this. And my dad, I looked at him, and, and have you ever had this? This was the first time in my life that I looked at my dad, the one I'd look up to in Sony, and so it was so incredibly strong. And I realized when I looked at his eyes, he was, he was not feeling strong. He was not feeling ready. So I said, guys, can, can we pray? And he said, absolutely, and then we're going to rock this. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's pray. And, and we prayed, and then we went. Now at this point, we're talking, it had to be 40, 50 mile per hour winds. The waves are I- incredibly crazy. And as soon as we started off, I knew we were in trouble. The Young's brothers, they, they paddled, they were really strong. They, they were way ahead of us. We couldn't even see them anymore. And my dad and I, we were almost capsizing, and then we'd ride it, and we were praying and trying to help, and, and, and all at once, right, like right in the middle of, right in the middle of the section, after hours, we started to tip, and yeah, we went in the water. We capsized. Now, the water is freezing cold, and so it just shocked us right away. And I realized we, we had our life jackets on. Mine was pretty tight, but my dad's wasn't. And so his was going kind of over his head. And so he's there, the canoe, because of the wind, it right away, it took off, it was gone. And so we were just sitting in the middle of this huge lake, and it's freezing, the waves are hitting. And I look back, and I'm like, Dad, Dad, we just have to start, pat- let's, start let's start swimming, let's go. And he, okay, and, he, and I'm swimming, and I was stronger than I am now, and I, I would get ahead, but the winds were so hard, as far as you would, pat- as, as hard as you would try to swim, it would actually push you back, too. So trying to get to safety, it, it felt like we were going nowhere. And I would look back, and my dad, he was struggling. And my prayer had been, get us safely. And then I'd, I'd circle back, and now my prayer started to change. I was like, God, just, just help dad. Because I knew he, I'm going to get through this. I, I didn't know about him, because he, he was holding this. And, and I said, Dad, we got to go. we got to go. Come on, keep doing this. And he'd swim, and then, and then he'd stop. He's like, I, I, I can't. And I'm like, you, you got to. you got to swim. you got to. And, and I, I'm praying, and, I, and I'm trying to help. And if I could give him more strength, I would. But we're in the middle of a lake. And I started to think, is this the last time I'm going to see my dad? What do you do when, you, when your faith is not strong enough? When your prayers are not enough? I wanted to help. I wanted to give strength to him, but it... it, it there was nothing I could do. And so there he is floundering, and I'm just praying and, and hoping, hoping something's going to happen. Have you been there in your life? 
things were okay. And then they weren't. The storm hits. The winds of life are so great. And maybe it's not you, maybe it's someone else. And your prayers were for, for you, but now they're for someone else. And you want them to be safe. You want them to be okay. What happens when you get that health diagnosis, that, just that one word, cancer? What do you do? You're trying, you're going to do the, the treatment, but you're, you, you, you don't know. Is your faith going to be strong enough to get through that? What happens when your relationship hits the rocks? When it, when it has been good, but now something has happened and now trust is broken. And you're like, how, how, do I, how do I get through this? Are you strong enough to get through it? Is your faith enough? What happens when financially you thought everything was so good and then that bill came, the, the big one, the one you were not expecting, the one you prayed would not happen, and there it is. What happens when faith isn't enough. That's what James is talking about here. He's talking about faith. And he's saying faith is a living being. Faith has a pulse. And he said how you quantify, how you find that pulse is through, this is crazy because as a Lutheran it makes me so uncomfortable. He says it's through what we do. It's through our works. And you know when I was sitting, when I, when I think back like, just literally just trying to lift up my dad, and I, I couldn't do it, you know, trying to keep his head above the water. It, it, then I'm like, you know, if I would have just maybe a ways, instead of just yelling, hey, hey, keep swimming, or you can do this, what if I, I would have just yelled, hey, thoughts and prayers are with you, Dad? No. For someone I love so much that I need to be safe, I need to do something. And I am so thankful. This is what James is talking about. He says, we have to do something. It's not for our safety. It's not for our salvation. Jesus has done it on the cross. When you hit the storms of life, Jesus is right there with you. He's leading you through it. That's what James is telling us. But because of that, we need to help others who are floundering in their own storms. My dad was there. And I didn't know what to do. But then a miracle happened. Honestly, all of a sudden, out of the storm, I don't know how they showed up, how they'd even noticed, but all at once, the Young's brothers were back. They were sitting in the middle of the storm. Here they are shouting. I mean, the wind is so great, and, and we're in a panic at this point. And there they show up in their canoe. And we grabbed to the edges of the canoe, and they said, whoa, 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 you can't do that. You're going you're gonna to make us, we, we, can't, we can't keep it up if you, if you do this. So we'll throw a rope. And I'm like, give the rope to my dad. My life jacket's okay. Give it to Dad. Help make sure he's safe. And they said, okay. So they threw him the rope, and he's holding onto it, and they're trying to paddle to safety, to home. They're leading my dad home. But they couldn't do it. They weren't strong enough. Have you ever felt like that? Here, all at once, someone comes, and in the middle of your storm, they've showed up, someone that God has blessed you with. But it's not enough. It wasn't enough for them. And so they said, we, 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 gotta, we gotta do this. And, and they're brothers. So in the middle of the storm, it's crazy. They're yelling at each other. Come on, you do it. No, you do it. Ah! I'm like, okay, this is not helping. But, but they're, they were, I, I couldn't believe it. In the middle of these huge, huge swells, they are somehow keeping the canoe afloat. And they said, we're not going that way anymore. This is not working. So in the middle of the storm, they yell. They're like, we're going to go the opposite way. Like, what? We're going to let the wind take us. 
We're going to keep balance. Dean, you just keep holding on to that rope and, and it, we're, we're going to get you to safety. We're going to go the opposite way. It felt so... It felt the opposite of what we should be doing, right? They said, we're going to get you to land. And that's what we did. They somehow managed in the storm and they let the wind do it, the work. And they got to this little rock outcropping. And by then, the rest of our party had also taken... They had gotten out of their safety. They had already made the camp an hour before. And they all came rushing because they saw something going on. And one of them was a doctor, Dr. Solom. And they got, we got to this little, that, like that little rock outcropping I showed you, just with a tree. And you know what they did? They brought kerosene, and there was some driftwood, and it was damp, but they just dumped a ton of kerosene on it. And my dad was literally just exhausted, laying on the rock. And I... I, I, all my prayers could be was thank you God thank you God for people that left their own safety to help someone and they got that fire started and his lips were blue and he was shaking and he, he finally my dad stood up and he came up to the Young's brothers and he just gave them the biggest hug he said you two are my saviors what if James when he's talking about faith what if he's saying, your faith isn't strong enough? You are not going to be able to do enough in the storms of life. But you're already saved through that cross. You've already done it. So you need to get out of your own safety. You need to help others. And then faith will have a pulse. Because there's others like my dad in the storms that need us. And what if James is reminding us through our works, through our actions, small ones and big ones, that people might get glimpses of Jesus through us. Now, over the course of my career, I've always felt it touching when someone says, like with their little child, they're like, um, Pastor Dan, the other day my little one said, hey, is that bald Jesus going to be there today? <laughs> like, he had a lot more flowing hair, I think. <laughs> but, that, but, but to say that, and my colleagues, other pastors have said that, uh, guys and gals, were, they're called God by little kids, right? What if, as young brothers were my dad's saviors in that storm, what if you, not just pastors, but you, because of your actions, could be that for someone else in their storm? So today, get out of your safety. Be uncomfortable. Look at others who really desperately need to know that God is with them today. And maybe through your words, uh, just a small one of hope, of forgiveness, of reaching out to someone that needs it, they can start to see God. Now, James had a nickname. Actually, my wife, she's doing randomly, maybe not randomly, but through the Holy Spirit, she's doing a Bible study on the book of James. Just happened to get that, that invitation. And she found out that James, Jesus' brother, had, had a nickname. His nickname was the best one you'd ever want, ever. His name was camel knees. There's some camel knees for you. James would come and people are like, hey, camel knees, what's up? Now, that does not sound like a compliment, right? But for the people of James' time, it was the biggest compliment. Because James was knowing for having this huge faith. He was the first one in the temple every day. You know what he was doing? He was on his knees. And for hours, he would 
have this relationship with God, praying and listening and praying for others every single day, which shape his every single day, his relationship with God. And his knees became deformed like camels because of that. So when he came, people right away, when he was walking, they would see his knees and they would realize this person's faith is so real. His name is Camel Knees. What if we could have nicknames because of our faith that people can just see it, that they know that God is so present and all at once in their storm, all at once God shows up because of you. So today let's do that. Let's be camel knees. Let's be living signs for others. And in that, the pulse through our works, God's faith, God's love, God's forgiveness will show up too. Amen. Let's pray. God, as we come to you today, I know even on a beautiful day like this, there are so many of us sitting to our left and to our right we're in the middle of storms, relationships that are struggles, family things that they don't want to tell anyone else, but you know, money issues, people that are the, on the end of life, people that are trying new treatments for their cancer, people who are, who are missing someone desperately, who are grieving. God, in the middle of all of that, please help us to know that you are with us. And now because of that, God, help us to get outside of our own comfort zone, to walk alongside others, to help them see that you're with them as well. We love you. And all God's people said, Amen.